a lot of times the magic is right under our noses. We just have to see it. This is the Bare Naked Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Party. I'm a mindfulness mentor and breathwork facilitator who's here to bring you unfiltered conversations about mindset, spirituality, holistic healing, and entrepreneurship. Bare Naked Soul is about expressing who you truly are underneath it all as you shed the layers of who you think you're supposed to be. This is my journey of letting my authentic soul speak in hopes that it inspires you and teaches you to explore and express who you really are too. Hello everyone. Welcome back to Bare Naked Soul. As you guys know, I almost never have a guest, but today I'm interviewing someone all about human design. And if you don't know human design, you're going to learn all about it. But if you know human design, you're probably as intrigued as I am. I find it so interesting and I feel very seen with human design. And I was actually lucky enough to have a call with Kelsey yesterday and I was interviewed on her podcast and we got to chatting a little bit about human design at the end. And she told me some things about myself where I was just like, whoa, I feel so seen. Like she gets me just from my human design chart. It's so interesting. Um, you guys are gonna love her. She's so much fun. We had just such an easy conversation, I feel like. If I knew her in real life, we'd be BFFs and we probably will be at some point. So yeah, Kelsey Abbott is an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, a certified performance coach, a mindset and mindfulness expert, and an instigator of joy. Through powerful one-on-one -on -one transformational coaching, human design readings, and weekly episodes of the Find Your Awesome podcast, Kelsey helps light leaders remember who they are and why they're here so they can amplify their impact and send ripples of light across the planet. She believes the universe wants us to be sparkly AF and that joy is our natural state. When Kelsey isn't playing in her business, she's bringing curiosity, play, and joy to triathlon, a sport she races in as an elite amateur. So amazing. So many things I just can't wait to ask you about, but thank you for being here, Kelsey. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Can I just, side note, bios are so funny. It is so funny hearing you read that. I'm like, who is that? Oh, right. I wrote that about myself. That's so weird. That's a weird thing we do. It is. And let me tell you, it just can be a mouthful. It can be to get all of that out correctly is just, you know, like I wanted, I almost said, <laughs> What did I almost say? Investigator of joy was one people of have said stories. that, and I just go with it. <laughs> it could be that too. It kind of made sense. Awesome. So Kelsey, I'm ready to hear your story. I want to hear like your spiritual awakening, how you discovered human design. Give us, give us everything about that. Give us all the juice. We want to hear it all. Okay. So I'll start. I mean, I could start from being a kid, but I'm not going to. I was. Well, I'll, I'll include this bit. I've always been like highly sensitive. I knew things as a kid and didn't know what to do with it. Have you heard that kids who had imaginary friends, that it was actually us talking to spirits? Yeah, that makes sense. And I had imaginary friends. Um, they were named Midi and Gadu. 
anyway, <laughs> that's not what we're going to talk about today. Uh, okay. So I majored in psychology and art history and minored in biology in college, which left me in my school. I was also an athlete. I swam on the swim team and athletes were recruited to be investment bankers or something in finance. Honestly, I didn't even understand or care about the recruitment letters I got. And again, I just thought it was hilarious. I didn't want to go to med school, didn't want to go to law school, didn't want to do the investment thing, didn't want to be a teacher, which left like the career services people being like, what? So vet school? I was like, oh, yeah, sure. That, that'll get me out of here. If I say yes to that, then I get to leave this office. So, and I was super interested in animal behavior. So I started out studying dolphin cognition and health and then I studied coral reef, coral reef fish. And then I studied killer whales. And that's what I got my master's studying killer whales. So I have my master's in marine biology. Worked for the federal government for a little while. And that's where I was working in a cubicle like as a marine biologist. Mm -hmm. I'm working in this carpeted cubicle in Washington, D.C. Oh, I had balanced my days so that I found this spin class that I loved. So I'd go to spin class super early in the morning, go to work, and then I'd go to swim practice at night. On the weekends, I'd take off to go hiking. It was like how I managed the in-between because that job just, ugh. I was trapped. I lasted a year when they offered me a huge promotion. It was gonna be like double my salary. And I said, no, thank you and quit. There's a little background there. Before that happened, I had stumbled across this book called What Color Is Your Parachute? Which has the Myers-Briggs test in it. And in it, I learned on, I'm an ENFP. And I read about what ENFPs are made for, not for cubicle work. And I read about all the other types. And then a few weeks later, I was in a staff meeting we had a small in the office of protected resources. There were like 13 of us. I looked around and was like, they're all made for this. They love it. And I don't, oh, sweet. Okay. They get to do it. I don't have to. And that's what just inspired me to quit. And then went on to become a science writer. I was super passionate about helping people understand science, like understand that it can, it's funny. It's ridiculous. I am currently reading a book right now that lights me up. It's about sex in the sea and I'm learning so much, which I'm, I'm happy to share with you, but that's another tangent. So I did that for a while. And on the side, I was coaching swimming, coaching triathlon, teaching group fitness, personal training. I had a food blog. I, at one point I did financial writing for a minute, like maybe two minutes. They were yeah, not, not for me. And eventually I came across a Facebook post as someone that I had grown up with said that she was doing life coaching and had like two more free sessions to, to do before she got certified. And I reached out to her and I was like, what is life coaching? Where are you going through school? She told me I was enrolled in the school the next week. Absolutely like knew I was exactly where I belonged by day one. So it took like a, I don't know, just shy of a year to get certified. 
along the way, then I became certified as a performance coach. And then I started the find your awesome podcast a couple of years later after starting my business on the podcast. One of my guests once said, have you heard of human design? And I had never heard of it. And I kind of cocked my head and was like, like, like anatomy. And she's like, no, no, but she really didn't tell me anything except you need to know what time you were born. I was like, okay, I know what time I was born, but I don't understand this. So I Google, I'm Googling just to be like, what is this? And what am I going to discover? So eventually I pull up my chart and I, I don't know what to do with it because if you've seen a human design chart, it's like the profile of a human head wearing a tent. And then there are all these colors and shapes inside the tent. And then there's colors and numbers on the sides. Like what? So I saw that I was a manifesting generator. I remembered that and slowly Googled over the next coming weeks because I was not lit up by this at all yet. I was just like, okay, there's this weird thing and I don't know anything about it. But eventually I read a manifesting generator is a warrior Buddha. And I was like, oh, oh, that resonated with my soul. Like I felt that deep in my belly. And that was the breadcrumb I needed to keep going. Then I met some people at an event who were like, oh, if you're into human design, you must know this person. I didn't know that person, but I shortly thereafter started following her, listened to every podcast she'd done, basically created my own course out of her work. And then when she offered a certification training, I signed up for that. And that was like two years ago. And now here we are. So I like just have a million questions. You and I were in a coffee shop. I would ask you seriously 500 questions about everything you just said. But so when you discovered human design, you're like, okay, put in my the time I'm born, the place I was born in, right? Were you open to spirituality, astrology, or were you kind of like, ah, oh, this could be total bullshit? Like, what, where, where did your mind go first? Mm, that's such a good question. Yes, to all of it. So I was like super open and at the same time was like, what? Yeah. So what I did, and this was not conscious, but looking back, I see what I did is I ran an experiment. I read my own chart. Like once I'd figured out at least enough to figure out the the big parts of my chart. So I read my own chart and was like, oh well, this is game changing. This is like absolutely positively hundred percent accurate. Yeah. And I feel like it gives me permission to do me and be me. And like, finally say to all the people in my life who've been telling me I'm doing life wrong. No, I'm doing it right. I'm doing it my way. So once I did that, I started offering free 15 minute readings for people. Cause I was like, if it's super accurate for me, is it super accurate for them? And it was, And it was a game changer for all of them. So then I'm like, I don't care how woo woo this is. And if that's even a problem, but this is a game changer and everyone needs to know it. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like I kind of did a similar thing. I was like, um, I was a sales manager at the time and I like had all of my like sales reps take it. I'm like, take this. I'm like, text your mom. Everyone here needs to text their mom and find out the minute they were born and then put your information. But they were, it was so accurate that it was like, whoa. So when did you, 
when did you open up to, if you have, <laughs> like, have you gone through a spiritual awakening? Like if as anything like that occur, where you feel like you really dove into like trust in the universe and really like that sort of thing? So I have this channel in human design. It's called the shaman's channel and it's, there's all, it's all about impact. So when we trace things back for me in 2004, I was in a car accident. That was like a big part of the awakening. I had just finished grad school, just finished grad school in marine biology. And the universe was like, wham, okay, which way do you want to go? And then, and I didn't realize that at the time mm-hmm. and then started coaching school. So I'm like jumping way ahead, but I started coaching school in 2013, I think. And, you know, then it's like, I'm kind of like getting into the track I'm supposed to be in, but mind you, this is also interesting. So I was a psychology major in college and we were presented with the kind of psychology where you tell people what's wrong with them and then you try and fix them. And that did not light me up. Then positive psychology comes on the scene. Coaching comes on the scene. And I'm like, oh, well, now I'd like to put my psychology degree to work and use it in this coaching sphere. It was like, there is also a part of my chart that's I'm always, I'm ready for things before the rest of the world is. Ah. And I see this so much in my business. I'm like, I want something that does this. That doesn't exist. Okay. Well, I'm not the person to create it because I'm so not interested in that, but if someone could make it for me, that would be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then in, so I was telling you yesterday, we sold our, I lived in Maine for 10 years. We sold our house in 2016. We traveled in a camper for 16 months towards the end, like the last five, six months on the road. No, actually like the last three months, it was October of 2017, I was racing and I crashed. So I had a bike crash, another impact that, and this, by this point, I was actually like fully in the spiritual space. I thought, but there's always deeper to go. There's always deeper to go. And every impact in my life, including this year, twice swimming, I crashed arms with someone And that like knocked my shoulder out of joint. Three months later, crashed arms with the same person that knocked my finger out of joint. And it's just like, yeah, here, I'm, I'm here for impact. And every time I receive impact, it's like another like bump into alignment in the spiritual realm. I am, my human design says my life path is all about being psychic for others for the future. Okay. I like that. And look, wait, let me back up and say, I resisted that hardcore. I told you as a little kid, I knew stuff. Mm -hmm. Then when I was in college, my grandmother passed away, but no one told me I was in the middle of exams. And just one day I remember knowing that she passed. And then a couple days later, my parents told me, and they were like, we didn't want to interrupt you during exams. And it was very loving, very thoughtful of them, but it freaked me out because I was like, I don't want to know when people die. So I basically said to the universe, I don't want to know when people die. In fact, I don't want to know anything. I didn't even necessarily know the word intuition then. Right. So I shut down my intuition. Then 
after coaching, uh, coaching school, I started meeting a bunch of people who were super intuitive and I would get like tarot readings or intuitive readings from them. And I'd always feel a little disappointed because I'd be like, I knew that. And they were like, yeah, that's because you can do this too. And I was like, eh. like, I don't know what to do with that. And so I was finally starting to come to terms with that, finally starting to accept that when I learned human design. And then when I read my son personality gate that, and my whole incarnation cross, I am literally here to be intuitive about the future for everyone else. It just made me laugh because the universe is sassy AF. Yeah. Okay, so for anyone who's listening who isn't quite sure what human design is yet, they they probably understand by now that there's a chart and you go on the internet and you find this chart, you put on your birth time and place. But why like why would we do that? And what's the benefit of knowing your chart and learning the stuff about yourself? So years and years and years ago, your little baby soul got called to earth school. And I got so excited because the opportunity to be a human is such a massive learning experience. And before it came into earth school, it picked out a whole bunch of super special, super unique gifts just for you, all to give you the tools that you would need to change the world in your own unique way. It sprinkled all of this gold in a blueprint. That blueprint is your human design chart. And then it decided the exact time and place and date that you would enter earth school to seal the deal. Boom. You come into earth knowing everything on day one, you know, that blueprint by heart on day two, you know, nothing. And then the conditioning starts coming in where all these very loving, well-meaning people start telling you all the things you should do. And they start preparing you for the quote unquote real world because they want you to be able to navigate this human existence. So then years later, unless you're super lucky and have parents who are into human design, years later, you discover human design, get a reading and are just like, Oh my goodness. This explains everything. And so I get to do it my way. Oh my goodness. And that is the gift of human design. I've always helped people remember who they are. Mm. And that's what I did with my coaching, but it's human designs gives this other level where I can be like, look, see right here. Remember you're not supposed to do it that way. So knock it off. Don't do it that way. Do it your way. Yeah, that's such a good, I absolutely love that explanation of it. And it's so true. It, it really does. It like validates things about yourself that you already knew, but if they don't fall along with the shoulds, then we maybe shove those parts of us away. Or like yesterday, something you told me was that um, I see other people's fear and I perpetuate it with what you said. There's you amplify it. Amplify it. And so don't watch the news. And it's so funny because I don't watch the news for that reason, except I didn't know that that was unique to me. I thought everyone felt the way that I feel about that. So it, so that's interesting when, cause don't we kind of assume that other people feel things the way we do and experience the world the way that we do. Yes. And that's where we end up telling people that they're doing life wrong. And there's, so I don't watch the news either. I don't like the energy of it, right. but 
the way all of our charts are, we feel things in different places. I used to think I was an empath. An empath is somebody who feels other people's feelings. We are all empaths, but literally feeling other people's emotions, I don't do it and you don't do it because you and I both have our own emotional waves. But where we do feel other people's energy is you feel it, you feel their fear and both of us feel their mental energy. And so what I thought when I was feeling other people's emotions is I'm feeling their feelings and I'm feeling their mental energy. And because I only have two centers open, that means, all right, so you've got nine centers. This is the shapes in your chart. Nine of those centers, we're all going to take in other people's energy through our open ones, which is the, the white centers. And I'm not differentiating between open and undefined right now. That doesn't matter. So through our open centers, and because I only have two of them, it's like I'm taking in hundred percent of people's energy through only two centers where I think you have four open centers. So that hundred percent is spread out across those four centers. So it's a little gentler for you. Interesting. I feel like every time I learn, every time I do anything with human design, I learn something new. Like it's just so interesting. There's so many layers of it. So many people stop at the energy types Mm -hmm. and they're like, and they'll, they'll interpret them as though someone is like trying to impress them. Like it's a party trick. Like, Oh, that's pretty accurate. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not what this is about. This is actually telling you what your soul picked out for you. And if you feel like it doesn't fit you, well, two things on that front. One, if you're hearing about human design from a place that makes you feel trapped or like you can't do anything, find somebody else to learn human design from, because that is not, no, human design is all about sharing your light and sharing your gifts. Mm -hmm. And it is not designed to make you feel like crap. Yeah. Feel trapped. So that, but also where was I going with this? Oh, I don't know. I forget. (laughs) It's gone. It happens to all of us. (laughs) Apparently the important bit was human design is to show you your light and your gifts stay in that. And Mm -hmm. if you hear about it in any other way, get out of there and go learn from someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I kind of want to jump to something else because before this interview, I looked you up on Instagram and I said, Oh, she, it says on your Instagram bio, I'm not playing here right now. I think you say like, go to the podcast or whatever. So you're not active on Instagram. Why? I retired from the social media in the end of May, 2020. Mm. And it is glorious. Interesting. So was anything going on? Did anything happen to be going on in the world in May, 2020? There there was some stuff. There was some cancel culture. There was a whole lot of poop being thrown around. I was like, I mean, you know what, when I was interacting with humans one-on-one, like through Zoom or face-to-face, six feet apart, um, I was not seeing this hate, but I was seeing it all over the place online. And it just, I, I'm not here for that. Yeah. There is also another piece that 
I found with social media, I was always in the back of my mind thinking about creating content and feeling the pressure, the mental pressure, open crown, the mental pressure to like, okay, what am I going to post today? Mm. What am I going to post today? I remember I am, I've been working on being present for a very long time. I was diagnosed with ADHD in college. And that's like, you know, 20 years of then training myself to be present. And I would, when I was on social media, take my phone with me when I was going for a walk because, oh, there might, I might want to take pictures of nature as like filler content right. where they were called Instagram stories when I was last on, but I guess they're called reels now, like just something. So it like keeps it up to date. The pressure to post constantly, it was just really heavy. And I found that my creativity just like exploded when I freed myself from that. Interesting. So as a, so I think like there's two sides of it, like part of it for people who don't run an online business could still benefit from that if they choose, if that feels good to them. But also as, so as a business owner running an online coaching business, I think that there's this idea that we have to use social media, especially Instagram. Um, did you feel any like, oh shit, if I'm not on Instagram, like the world might end, like what, did, what were your thoughts around that? So my first two weeks I had massive FOMO. Yeah. And, and it was, I had committed to taking two weeks off. And by the end of the two weeks, I was like, mm, I'm not going back anytime soon. Um, and I kept encountering people online, other online coaches who would say they had recently taken a social media break and they were back. And I was like, Oh, why'd you go back? And they're like, because I have an online coaching business and you have to be on on Instagram and Facebook. And I was just like, you know that you're talking to me. And I also have an online coaching business and I'm done with social media. I'm out. So it's so interesting to hear those like super strong limiting beliefs that people, even when presented with proof, literally right in front of their face, they're like, no, that's not true. The people say you have to be on the social media. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. So do you primarily just use your podcast now or my podcast and my email list? Email list. Yeah. And my emails are blog posts essentially. And it's kind of what I was writing on social media, my social media posts at some point, I don't want to do it. So I'll pay somebody else to go through all of those posts. And, you know, maybe there's a book there. Yeah. But I, I recently heard an interview with somebody. He was talking about how he now eats a whole food plant-based diet. He was talking about how we live in this junk food culture and junk food, like the Twinkies and the chips and, and like the actual packaged processed food. And then junk food in terms of the social media and the quick hits and not even reading a full book or listening to an entire podcast, but this instantaneous like need, need for convenience, need for something right there. People won't watch a video that's longer than like 30 seconds, that time type of mentality. And I thought, I was like, yeah, that's it. Like Mm. people don't want to dig into, and this isn't, there's nothing wrong with anyone not wanting to dig into anything deeply. We have been trained right now 
to, for instant gratification. I've also heard people say it's like societally induced ADD. We are just taught to expect things quickly. I mean, remember when we had to go to the library for, for books and like to do research? Yeah, I'm going to cite things from a book from the library. I mean, I love reading. I'm obsessed with reading, but I like, I like that I can order a book on Amazon Prime and it's here in two days. So do I. And if it's not, this, this is it. This is exactly what we're talking about. If it's not able to be here in two days, I don't even want it. I don't even want it because I want everything instantly. <laughs> I'm the same way. And in fact, I want when I get a book from the library, I will want it ordered to the library that's closest to me, which will often take like a week. And, you know, I can order the same book from Amazon Prime and maybe it'll even get here tomorrow. Yeah. So it's like, I will order the book from Amazon Prime instead because that's faster than getting it from the library. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's even worse than the Instagram? Like, I don't know if you've even seen TikTok. Maybe you've never even seen it, but TikTok. People send me things sometimes. Same. I don't use the app, but same. And it's, I mean, talk about fat, just fleeting three second video. And then you're on to the next. Whew. I mean, wow. For anyone who feels like kind of trapped into the social media world. I mean, how do you even, okay. So like social media or anything else in life where there's this big fat should, I have to do this. This is the only way to live life. How do you free yourself from that? Hmm. If you ever hear yourself or somebody else saying the word should, it's not for you. Yeah. Especially if you have an open crown, which is the top center in your human design. We are not here for mental pressure. Those of us with open crowns. So anytime it's a should, it's not for you. We're here. All of us are here to do what we want, what lights us up, especially generators and manifesting generators. We are here, like when we feel that holy hell yes from our body, that is what we're here for. So whether it's a should that you should be on social media or you should read three books a week or you should eat okra or, you know, whatever it is, you should take 10,000 steps a day, feel into what is true for you. Maybe you want to try that thing on and see how it feels, see how it works in your life right now. And mm-hmm. social media was really fun for me for a while. And then it wasn't. So we have seasons of things and maybe it's the season that you're supposed to be on social media, that that lights your soul on fire. Maybe it's not. And also there's a thing in our human design, which shows us how we best um, basically change our habits. So some people are made for what I did, which is just decide, get off social media and I'm off. And I didn't take the apps off my phone until a couple months ago. And it actually kind of annoys me that they're off because now I think if I do need to get something in there, I need to actually find my passwords. And I have no idea where those are. Then there's other people who are built for safety lanes. So this means if they want to spend less time on social media, get the apps off your phone. If it means you want to spend less time on your phone, hand your phone to your partner, have them hide it from you, lock it up, lock your phone in your car, leave it in the driveway in the middle of winter. 
and that'll keep you from going on it. If you don't want to drink alcohol, get it out of your house. If you don't want to eat sugar, get it out of your house. These are how you set yourself up for success. It doesn't mean you don't have willpower. It just means that that is the way you create more ease in your life. For me, so if you have the opposite in your chart, for me, all of those things would be a distraction. Having my phone locked up in my car would be like, what? That it would like, I'd keep remembering that. And that would actually distract from my energy. So know your design, know which way is right for you and follow that. Your soul already picked it out for you. You don't have to figure it out. In fact, we're not designed to figure anything out. Our bodies are going to show us the way. Mm, I love that. What about, okay, so let's say we'll just keep it with a theme of online business, but this could be for anything. Maybe it could be exercise. You, you know that there's something you desire to change something about your life, right? Maybe you want to start a business, you want to start eating healthier and start exercising, whatever. But what if nothing, you don't desire to do anything? You don't desire to, to you, maybe you do have a desire to start a podcast, but there's fear. Maybe you desire to use Instagram, but there's, right? How do you differentiate between doing things out of a should and following desire when there's fear or resistance in just about every direction. So, well, the first thing you said was like, what if you don't desire anything? And I just want to address the, the fear that I think like little baby, all of us Americans have this fear of being lazy. Like, what if I don't do anything? I'm just going to sit on the, on the couch all day for the rest of my life. You're not because that will get boring. You might sit on the couch all day for three days and then you will be lit up by something and you will follow it. Mm. Okay. So now fear, there's a Georgia O'Keeffe quote that I don't know at all. Well, so I'm like, I'm gonna like, I don't even think it counts as paraphrasing, but she basically said, I was scared all day, every day as she was producing this incredible art. There's fear in everything. There's a fear. I always feel like I start everything before I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Everything. I do this as an athlete. I, I still swim in a pool for any swimmers out there. The worst thing in the world, getting in a cold pool. It's horrible. It's horrible. I hate getting in and still got, I gotta push through that uh, discomfort of getting in to get started. So I am like cranky for the first 30 seconds, every single time I swim, like, yeah, it's cold. I don't like it. Okay. I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. And that's how it's going to be for a lot of the things we do in our lives. Yeah. But if something lights you up, do it. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of going off of that, um, I see in the background, you guys aren't looking at Kelsey, but I am behind her is on her wall, the word joy in giant letters. It's beautiful. I know that you are in, is it an investigator? Instigator. (laughs) Okay. So joy and play are two things that are very important to you. You've spoken a lot about this um, on your podcast and even in your bio. A lot of adults are really wrapped up in like responsibilities, right? And I used to be, it's funny looking back at myself when I was like 23, I was so wrapped up in this world of being an adult and having responsibilities. I was 23. I should have had no responsibility. I really didn't have, but you think you have all these. Anyways, 
Um, I was very disconnected from joy and play as are many adults. How can we reconnect to that? And why should we? Mm. I love that question. And you're a really good interviewer, by the way. So joy, joy is our natural state. Joy. Let's address a few things. Joy is different than happiness. Joy is deep. It's all encompassing. Happy is a mood. Mm. I recently went through deep grief and I experienced joy at the same time. Not every second of it. I, well, it was like, it was sitting next to me every second of it, but I didn't feel it every second of it, but I was always aware that it was there, that I could lean into it. Joy exists in all of us. We just get too scared to feel it because we feel like we need to be serious. We take ourselves seriously. We take everything seriously. We, we are so quick to anger, but what if we were so quick to joy? We are literally designed to follow the joy. If something brings you joy, go that way. That is the universe showing you this is for you. Be ridiculous. Do cartwheels in the middle of the street. Do whatever it is that brings you joy. That is what you're here for. That's why your soul gets so excited about coming to earth school. It gets to experience joy in a human body, which is totally different than experiencing joy in any other way. This like having arms and legs to do cartwheels, to skip, to do somersaults, to do pushups, to swim, to bike, to run, to turn yourself into knots and turn yourself up to upside down. These are all things that only a human body can do. We are so lucky to be in these packages that enable joy, but joy doesn't have to only come from movement. We can get joy from like gratitude, from seeing the magic around us with awe and wonder from having a conversation with a bunny. I mentioned that when we were recording on my podcast yesterday from seeing a gopher tortoise. My husband and I walk in a state park every, ideally every night, but there have been thunderstorms thwarting our plans lately. But we watch these gopher tortoises, you know, tortoises have this reputation for being super slow and like Da, 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 here I come. These guys are quick. They are so quick. Like they scamper across the road and they're incredible. And then they make so much noise as they're trying to sneak off into the safety of their burrows. But when we see just like everything with wonder, when we slow down and just, I don't know what the tense to use for B, but when we slow down and B, which I know is grammatically incorrect, that's where there's magic. That's where there's joy. That's where there's gold. And that's where we're meant to live. Mm. Yes. Oh, so beautiful. And like with all of that, with seeing the world through a lens of everything's magical and we through a lens of gratitude, any tips for shifting into that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone's heard do a gratitude practice. Yeah. Gratitude practice is super helpful. One of my favorite things to do and something that my husband and I have been doing for at least five years is our top three things. We tend to do it while we're cooking dinner. 
but you can do it anytime during the day. Check in with yourself. What are my top three things so far today? And it's fun to do it, like do it at 9am, do it at noon, do it at 6pm and see what evolves. Maybe you have the same top three things throughout the day, but maybe you had three amazing things by 9am, then three more things that, you know, like outdid those initial three by noon. And then by the evening, you had three more. And so you had like nine bits of magic in your day. And the first early on that the top three things that you experience might be, oh, my kid smiled or I saw the sunrise or I felt the dew on my feet. They can be so simple. They can be the taste of my coffee. I had this amazing meditation I woke up. There's magic. We tend to look for the really big things. And when I started my Instagram account, I set out to share the inconspicuous awesomeness of every single day. So this is the stuff that wasn't like, oh my God, look at me. I want to race. It was, I smelled the most amazing flower today. It was, I watched a frog hop onto my window and off my window. It was, and I, I upped the challenge unintentionally for myself by trying to capture all these things with photos, which was like, Oh, that was totally inconspicuous awesomeness, but I can't take a picture of that. Yeah. When we find, so top three things, find the inconspicuous awesomeness in every day and know what joy feels like for you. This is one of my favorite exercises. What color is joy for you? And let's, let's do this. Leah, what color is joy for you? Uh, Light pink. Okay. What does joy smell like? Uh, Anything in nature. I feel like smells like joy. Mm. What does it taste like? Coffee. What does it sound like? Birds chirping. What does it feel like if you were to touch it? Uh, do you know the plant lamb's ear? Yes. <laughs> Velvety. Mm. And how does it feel in your body? Mm. It feels like a movement upwards through my chest, like through my heart. So now that you have answered all those questions, now that you know all those things, you know how you embody and experience joy. And you know, I mean, if joy smells like everything out in nature, if you are feeling out of touch with your joy, get outside and take a deep inhale. Boom, you're in joy. It is that easy. Hmm. Wow. I love that. And so, okay. So when you're working with your clients and you're, you know, bringing them into this world, I'm not sure exactly what you do with your clients and definitely feel free to, to elaborate on that too, but what changes in in their lives when you help them shift into more joy and play and gratitude and learn their human design, like what shifts in their lives? People laugh more. Oh, they become more trusting. They, 
Yeah, there's an interesting thing that happens a lot of times with my clients. I love to help people quit things and quit things that aren't serving them. And a lot of people say like, I want to quit my job or I want to quit whatever it is. And throughout the coaching, like I'm coaching them to, yeah, let's get out of this job. And then, then the, the like magic comes in and they're often like, Oh, it turns out actually this is way better. I get to do something totally different in my job now. And I love it. And I'm making my own magic. And a lot of times the magic is right under our noses. We just have to see it. So that's what, you know, every client relationship is different, but it's like, it, it's just retraining our perspective Yeah. to see magic everywhere. Yeah. So do you feel like that's how we can activate for manifestation is shifting our perspective and to start to notice the magic in the world? Yes. I've been for the last few weeks, I've been noting the, I call them the miracles of every day. So geez, what have they been? Yesterday, it was a bunch of dragonflies and grasshoppers with me on my walk and frogs. (laughs) that kept hopping on my window and then hopping off. And then they sat on the hibiscus leaves right outside my window. And when it was on my window, I could see, it was like transparent. I could see the frog's guts. I could see its belly and I could see inside it. And then when it was on the leaf, it was super shiny. It looked like it was golden. And that's just so cool because I don't experience that every day. I know it's, it's just magic for me. I got a lot of magic and a lot of messages through hawks. So every time I see a hawk, I know it's a miracle. I've had these amazing experiences with deer, like so much of this is nature for me. Yeah. It's the miracles. You know what else? I was talking about this with my husband recently. We are so good at trusting when we order something on the internet, we trust that it's gonna come. Yeah, two days. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, I ordered this. Now I want it right now. Mm -hmm. And when we want something from the universe, we want it to come in two days. Yes. But it doesn't. (laughs) And our trust wavers in that time again and again and again. And I feel like all these little, little teeny pieces of magic, like the frogs are just like, keep keep trusting, stay in your joy, stay in your joy. It's coming. We just don't have prime here. Yeah. You just have to trust. Yeah. So I I think that is so important because, you know, that's like, to me, one of the biggest missing pieces for, for manifesting is we want it right now. We want it to become in the exact package that we pictured showing up at. Like we, you know, we want to control it all. Um, How can we let go and lean into trust more? Do you think like, practical or magical advice for that? How do you get your clients to shift into more trust? I love that you're asking me this because I don't know. I'm stumbling over my puppy paws on this thing right now. I'm so solidly in the in-between. And that's why this is what I'm supposed to teach. When I know that when I look back and tell about this time, I'm going to say, and things came in so quickly after I had this, like everything came and just like kind of beat the crap out of me. 
then all the magic came in so fast. But right now, it feels like it is so slow. And so again, it's remembering like the, okay, Amazon is an exception. The universe is like, Amazon screwed up everything. No one expected things instantly until Amazon <laughs> came about. And so just to trust and trust that the universe knows when we're really, truly ready. Mm-hmm. Trust, trust for me feels like a balance beam. And I'm not Simone Biles. So I fall off and I know she falls off sometimes too, but like, you know, walking on the balance beam, cool. I'm trust, 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 boom, fall off. And like, I got to clamber back up and then trust, trust, trust. And then I'm falling off on the other side. We just got to get back up, get back up and trust and see these little magical bits that you can choose to not think the frogs are magical, but it helps me so much to think that the frogs are magical and the frogs are being sent to me by the universe to be like, keep going, keep going. Your job right now is just one step at a time. Focus on where you are and just keep going and stop trying to read the end of the book or the later part of the book before you get there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Like how you said that, cause it, it is a choice to see things as magical, to see the joy and see the magic and be grateful. Like it is a choice. It's a perspective we can choose to shift into. And I feel like practice the big element of it too, practicing staying on that balance beam of, of trust and just climbing back on. Yeah. It's so, we are literally retraining our brains. Yeah. So we got to remember that we, so if you want to train your body to be able to do something, you're going to give yourself time, right? You're not going to expect to do it brilliantly your first time. If you want to like be lifting heavier weights, you're not going to start out with the heaviest weight. You're going to build yourself up. And this is the same with training our brains, training our brains to trust, training our brains to see the magic instead of seeing the negativity. I mean, we are born with this negativity bias. That's what protected us in the Savannah. We don't need it anymore. Most of the time we still do need to know, like have that instinct to like, oh my God, there's a car coming, get out of the road, but we don't need it on an everyday basis. So it's training ourselves to be able to see the positives and everything and not in a spiritual bypassing way at all. You're still feeling all of your feelings. You still are aware of everything that's going on and you are choosing and holding your vibration. What feels true to you. Yeah. So, so, so good. So how, okay. So how can we dive deeper with human design? What do you offer in terms of helping people go deeper into their chart? What what do you offer around coaching? So right now I'm offering human design readings, individual readings and partner readings. I'm an MG, so everything's changing and I'm in the midst of like up-leveling some stuff around that. But right now a reading, I go all the way in to every part of your chart. So we will discuss like whether you're made for consistency or not, your manifesting style, your digestion type, your environment will go through all of your centers, your profile, your energy type, all of that. And in a partner reading, we do that for you and your partner. So you can see, first of all, the magic of doing it with a partner is sometimes when you don't see yourself, your partner does. Mm-hmm. And it just helps you so much like, oh, 
that's what's happening. Oh, so I can like love you and support you through that. Because the magic of human design is seeing owning and sharing our gifts and celebrating other people as they own and share their gifts instead of expecting everyone to be like us. Mm. So you were talking about feeling like everyone felt an amplified fear the way you do. That's not like destructive to other people, but imagine you have the gift that we all have lit up right now, which is being a chaos slayer. So these people slay chaos with logic. If you have that and you expect everyone else to have that, you're just going to be, you're going to think everyone else is an idiot because not everyone has that gift. So being able to see that other people have other gifts and sometimes we need those gifts always. Yeah, I love yeah. that. So I've got that and one-on-one -on -one coaching options available right now. Amazing. Yeah. And depending on when this episode goes live. Who knows what's going to be available? Yeah, I wish everyone listening could see Kelsey because she's just like a beam of light. She's she just warms me up just to look at her. So um, go listen to her podcast. Find your awesome podcast is the name of it, right? Mm -hmm. Find your awesome That's podcast. Right. Amazing. And I will um, link that in the show notes. Anything else that you want people to know? No, come on over. So I will, I'll send you your chart for free. You don't have to go Googling. You don't have to find your way to human design the way I did. Come to KelseyAbbott.com. A pop-up is going to be there that says, get your free human design chart. Do that. I will personally send it to you. So you, this email will be coming from a real live human. So give me a little time. Um, and I'll tell you like your, I'll send you your chart tell you, for instance, your three, five generator, and then share a little golden nugget, a little extra something, something cool. from your chart as well. Amazing. Well, I'll link that in the show notes too. So guys hit up the show notes of your chart if you don't have it yet. And yeah, I think the partner reading sounds like an awesome tool. Um, amazing. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for sharing all this wisdom with everyone. It has been a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much, Leah. I love doing this back-to-back -back thing yeah. with you. It's just like, this is what we do now. We hang out every day. Oh, so fun. Okay. When I'm in Florida next, going to hit you up. We're going to hang out. It sounds good. Well, thank you everyone for listening. And if you love the episode, go ahead and drop us a five-star rating, write us a review, head over to find your awesome podcast, do the same for her and subscribe to us too while you're at it. Why not? Okay. Love you guys. I'll see you next week.